The 239th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54 to 53! North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, right away to Worthy! Worthy five! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out of timeout! Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gadgum champions. Love, guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb from straight away! Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're coming to you, uh, we're coming to you guys on the the second full day of the first round of the NCAA tournament, but we're not here to talk about uh, a, a game that Carolina is playing in the tournament as they missed the NCAA tournament and opted to not participate in the 2023 NIT, but we're here to talk about Dontres Styles. He did officially enter the transfer portal. It just became official less than 30 minutes ago. We're going to break down his decision to transfer, and the impact that's going to have on the program. But before we do that, we start every edition of the pod, as we always do with our pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by DraftKings. And we go to the greatest women's soccer player of all time, Mia Hamm. And her quote is as followed. I am a member of a team and I rely on the team. I defer to it and sacrifice for it because the team, not the individual, is the ultimate champion. And I think right now what you're seeing with Carolina having three players into the portal already, and we we still anticipate uh, Caleb Love going into the portal, maybe even Puff Johnson or some other guys on the roster, um, that, that Huber Davis and his staff, along with the players, there's just a roster overhaul that's that's coming uh, to the program. And, you know, I, I think when you look at it, you know, when we broke down Justin McCoy's decision to transfer, it made sense. I don't believe he's an ACC caliber basketball player. When you look at Tyler Nickel, I think it was a lot of the outside influences that he had um, that really led him to his decision to leave Carolina despite their – being a chance for him to have a much larger role his sophomore season. And then we get to Dontrez Styles, a guy that, you know, we were both really disappointed with the the lack of playing time throughout the, the year. Um, and then you, you saw him in a stretch of games with Florida State, Duke. You saw him in the first round of the ACC tournament. You really saw him 
play and play at a high level, and then he didn't see his name called against Virginia and what ended up being the last game of the year. And then, of course, the last time we were on here, we talked about him going on a a local radio program and talking about the decision to to not play in the NIT and his future at Carolina. And he told us he'll have a decision made by next Tuesday. Well, I guess whatever was communicated between him and Coach Davis after that meeting, we didn't have to wait till Tuesday to find out that uh, he's no longer going to be with the program. And, you know, but you're looking at this now being the third guy that, that really plays that wing position that has that, that is leaving the program in a single offseason. In a in a offseason where you were losing Leaky Black, so that there was going to be a an opportunity there for a guy or multiple guys to step up and, and really account for his minutes and really add something more to this team from an offensive standpoint. And it appears now that if Carolina is going to do that, it's going to be via the transfer portal because all the guys that were on the roster, they have decided to no longer be a part of the Carolina basketball program. Yeah, I mean, while I was writing the article earlier, I mean, I, I said it. I think, you know, you look at this group, really it's it's the stretch fours and the wings are basically combined into one group. And, yeah, Carolina is down to one scholarship guy there from this past season. Um, they will have Zayden High, who is coming in. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, has kind of grown throughout his basketball career. Uh, was a guy that was shorter at, at one time in his career. So um, he does, you know, have some shooting touch to him. But he's a guy that's a four-star prospect. Again, fits into the mold of a four-star prospect for a reason. If you go back and look at his stats in high school this past year playing for Compass Prep, and look, Compass Prep, an extremely competitive roster. Um, there are a lot of really good players on that team that probably didn't get to play as much as they – wanted to a lot of Toriel fans will say well it'll fit right in then but the thing is is that right now you're looking at a scenario where Puff Johnson is going to have to play the four for you um Zayden High would probably be playing the significant minutes behind him or Puff Johnson will play about 36 37 minutes a game uh, which is not what you want to see um not you know because we don't think Puff Johnson you know can potentially fill that role I think you know we're hoping that that can still happen at some point it's it's important to remember with Puff that he is still uh you know a guy that's just coming off his sophomore season so he still does have two years in Chapel Hill where he can continue to grow but you know this is this is this is the thing that is scary about what the transfer portal can do we saw it with football where in a very short period of time, you can suffer a severe blow to one specific group. And here's the thing. Unlike football, I don't think it's going to be as easy to replace these guys because of what we talked about the other day, which is the balance of not wanting to rush things right now at this moment where there are already got some guys that are in the portal most of those guys that are in the portal are from teams that are out of the tournament or are playing in smaller tournaments, and you're going to have to wait. Now, who knows? We could see a wave here because there 
are going to be, you know, that, that we're going to have what I'm trying to do quick math in my head here with 16, uh, what 48 teams eliminated this weekend. Yes. So yeah, with 48 teams gone, maybe you start to see some of these guys enter the transfer portal, but that's the thing is it's, it's an odd balance that you're going to have to bring to the table here for, you know, Huber Davis and his staff when it comes to trying to replace these guys. So yeah, it's not ideal. The easiest thing is always going to be to keep your own guys, but this is kind of, this is kind of where the program's at and you can be frustrated with that. But I think, you know, once Carolina didn't make the tournament and especially once you saw, you know, the, the, the conflicting reports, you know, styles himself going on, uh, the Brian Hanks show on Tuesday, basically saying it was a coach's decision. Um, the original reporting had said that it was a player's decision. There was a player vote, an anonymous player vote uh, that really led to it. Um, you know, it didn't really it didn't say that that was the only determining factor. And then that was basically backed up by the parents that said, yes, the students did, you know, the student athletes did vote. And then, you know, as laid out by Steve Kirshner, uh, the coaching staff, as well as just the staff in general, uh, did come to the conclusion that they weren't going to play in the NCAA or in the NIT tournament. And so it's you knew there was going to have to be turnover. You're going to see a pretty good amount of it because, yeah, this this locker room seems fractured right now. So – you know, I don't know if, if Dontre Styles is, is one of those guys that we should have been expecting the entire way or not. But, uh, you know, to me, I, I think it, it was somewhat evident from his comments the other day when he was doing that radio spot in Kinston to me that he, he was probably going into the transfer portal. If he was a guy that was staying – and I think you're going to see this from a lot of guys moving forward, you know, not just this year, but in the future, if they do talk about looming decisions like this, if they have really any question about whether or not they're coming back, they're probably not coming back. That That is the way I would lean in just about every one of those situations moving forward with just the modern day of the transfer portal, because this is just, this is just kind of where we're at in college athletics. Yeah, this is um this one hurts. You're talking about a kid and it's not I know his numbers aren't sexy. I mean, he for his career he averaged 1.8 points, 1.3 rebounds, and heck, he only played in 15 games this year. This is a local product. This is a kid from a pipeline for this program. Carolina has long been able to go to that area of the state and find NBA talent and find guys that help them win and win at a high level. And I think we all thought after last year, this was just the next guy in a long line of guys that Carolina's gone to Kinston to find because he was, he was a big part of what that team did off the bench down the stretch. I mean, he made, you, you, you take away, he made the third biggest shot in the run last year. You of course have the shot that love had to beat Duke in the final four you had the shot that love had in the sweets in the sweet 16 matchup with UCLA to tie the game at 64 
And then you have Styles' shot against Baylor in overtime on the in the opening possession, where a freshman, a seldom uh, used freshman, was put in a situation where he had to produce, and he hit a three to calm everything down, and Carolina would prevail in overtime and advance to the Sweet 16. And so we all entered this year naturally thinking he's going to play, he's going to play a lot, and he's going to be a big part of whatever success this team had. Well, it, it came to find out this team had no success. They literally failed to meet and achieve every goal they had set up uh, for them. And Styles very rarely played. I mean, his role was lesser or less than it was a year ago. And I just never thought that was even a possibility uh, upon entering the season after what happened last year. And so this one... um. This one I think is a really hard pill to swallow because I, I I think you know in a in a much larger role he would have put up some legitimate numbers, and I was really excited about him maybe being the guy that just flat out replaced Leaky Black in the starting lineup next year because we've seen him play really good defense. He's a quality rebounder, um, and then his ability to stretch the floor and do some things off the dribble on offense. I thought was going to be was going to be something that was was going to benefit this team in a lot of different ways. And so when I look at this at this guy leaving, this is just one that I think really just this one I think really hit home for the honeymoon is over in Chapel Hill. All the good feelings, everything that we loved about the end of last year, that's gone. This is a program right now that is going through a facelift. It's going through a rebuild. And this this is probably what's going to make or break the Huber Davis tenure in, in, in Chapel Hill. And maybe that's hyperbole. I don't know. But you're talking about the first ever team to go from preseason number one to out of the field since the tournament expanded to 64 teams. And the last time a coach missed an NCAA tournament back-to-back years, he didn't come back for a fourth year. And, I mean, I think it's it's very – I've said this since the season came to an end. Right now the goal is to not even – you know, we, we, Huber Davis released a statement when they decided not to play in the NIT. We're looking towards building towards an ACC championship team or an NCAA championship team. How about just an ACC contender in a tournament team? Because you you aren't one right now, and you look at the losses that you've already you know uh, you, you've already lost. You know you've lost two fifth year seniors from a starting lineup. You could very well lose not only Caleb Love, but I mean I think there's a legitimate chance, depending on what all happens, that Armando Baycott just chooses to to move on. I, I think the one starter I'm the most confident in coming back right now would be R.J. Davis. And that's really just because when you look at his numbers, I don't think he could really be be confident if he left, he would go anywhere professionally unless he just wanted to go overseas. So it's it's just a really it's a really hard pill to swallow because I didn't think we were gonna be we were gonna be in this position after the year. And if a guy like Styles is leaving with everything that's opening it up. I don't think you 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 can shut the door on other guys leaving too, like Demarco Dunn, a guy that played quite a bit, but 
he he doesn't know what the future holds with this roster, depending on how the staff does does attack rebuilding this thing via the transfer portal and of course in recruiting. Same thing for even seldom used freshmen like like uh, Jalen Washington, like Seth Trimble. But I think the guy that this really has to make you open your eyes about and now make you wonder is, does Puff Johnson now consider leaving as well? And if that happens, Carolina is looking at a situation where they have no wings on its roster. Like, that is just that is just unbelievable. I, I, I didn't think that was even feasible when the season began. And, you know, I, I when, when I saw this news break on Twitter, my my heart was in my stomach. And I've got an uneasy feeling. I, I've got quite frankly haven't had in my 15 plus years watching this program. I, I'm at a place now where I am legitimately worried about what's next because I didn't think after a year where you made the national title game, you would be having to look at a, a scenario and a situation where you're overhauling your roster and your culture because everything that could have went bad in year two went bad, and so many guys are heading for the exits. I mean, I I think I think there's there's a little too much panic here. Like this is this is the modern day of of college athletics. Like this is this is the first year that we are seeing this version of the transfer portal, where you have the actual windows and everything like that. It's it's gonna be chaotic. And it's going to be chaotic for a lot of teams. You will see these tournament teams with that are you know still playing, that are you know that just got you know beat yesterday. You will start to see some of their guys depart as well. Um, for Carolina, yeah, maybe it's not as many as you know these tournament teams. Maybe it's not as many as Carolina um, is seeing right now. But yeah, I mean, there when you have you know, a season like this, there there are going to be kids that are going to be disappointed. But, I mean, look, I, I just – you look at the guys that are leaving. Uh, go back and look at what these dudes were coming out of high school. None of these guys were even close to being five-star prospects. They were guys that it was going to take them time to develop. And I don't think at this point that might – like, it, it does not seem like anybody wants to actually do that at the college level anymore. If there is a rush to immediately see playing time, no matter where you are ranked in these recruiting classes, no matter what your skill level is. Like I just, it, it doesn't, to me, it just does not make any sense. Like you are, you are severely rushing things and you know, with styles, I mean, we have no idea what what honestly happened, but it seems like when you talk about the guys off the bench that weren't playing a lot, Dontre Styles is pretty much the first name that gets brought up, and rightfully so. Look, we we saw some things that he did late in the year that we really liked, but at the same time, it seems like when Hubert Davis keeps bringing up over and over again about practicing hard in order to earn minutes, he's one of the top guys that we expected to see a lot of and didn't see a lot of. So to me, I think you can read between the lines there and figure out what he is basically saying. Because, yeah, 
you look at last year's tournament run, and I mean, I know we didn't see him a ton during that tournament run. He was very clearly Carolina's seventh man. So what changed? There's no way that Hubert just had some some grudge against him and decided not to play him. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe we'll eventually find that out. And if we do, that'll probably be part of the story about why Hubert Davis is no longer the coach at Carolina. But to me, I think it's more of the prior in that, you know, maybe this was just a guy that wasn't doing the things that he needed to do in practice to get on the court. And I mean, look, we said this in the middle of the season. I mean, I, I don't remember. It was there there was a certain a certain game where he had played in the prior one and we were pre we were recapping a game where he did not play at all. And we pretty much said, Yeah, he's good as gone. Like I'm not shocked by this one at all. But you know, I get what you're saying, and I know you're you're a little concerned about just the overall direction of the program. Um, you know, the, the ties to Kinston, I, I wouldn't really worry about that necessarily. Like you, you were talking to me earlier and you said, look, Carolina has gone there and they've gotten, you know, all these great players and they've it's turned a recruiting into, pipeline. It is, but he was nowhere near the recruit that these other guys were like, he don't was right get on pars with Reggie Bullock. And Reggie Bullock look, Reggie our prospect. So was Dontre Styles. Reggie Bullock took time to develop. And also keep in mind that Reggie Bullock was a guy that played in the All-American game. Dontre Styles did not even sniff the All-American game. His his skill, he was nowhere near. He was ranked the 66th player in his class. So he is not even remotely comparable to what Reggie Bullock was. Um, Isaiah Hicks, no. Isaiah Hicks was... A, I, I don't remember if he finished out as a five-star, but, I mean, I know he was well within within the top 30. Jerry Stackhouse, I mean, look, we didn't have recruiting rankings back then. You'd imagine Jerry Stackhouse was really high up in those. So, look, this is one that just didn't work out. Every, you know, if when you have a high school like this, not every prospect that comes out of there is going to be a hit. Look, there's been guys that Carolina has not landed out of Kenston High School that went on to be really good players. So I don't think that part should really make you panic. I don't think if there's a great prospect from there in the future, that means Carolina is not getting them. That this is it. We've cut the pipeline off, and now Carolina has no chance to land to, to land anybody from there, and it could damage their reputation in the state. I don't really think that's the case because – I mean, look at they—they they have you know Drake pa- Drake Powell committed um, in the the twenty four class. Uh, they're recruiting multiple other guys in the state in that class. So I just this is this is just kind of where where the pro where, where the program's at in the middle of one of the most chaotic overall times in college sports. That's the thing that sucks about this is you wish that Carolina was you, you, and, and I said it, you know, when we were talking the other night about Hubert, this is the worst time that Hubert Davis could have come in to be a first time head coach is in this era. You wish that not that Roy had retired early, really that you, you wish that 
this era of college sports had been delayed by five, ten years. And, and I'm not saying that these guys didn't deserve to get paid, but I'm saying in an ideal world for this basketball program, you wish that Hubert had been able to come in, deal with a lot of the same type of situations that coaches dealt with before and really establish himself before eventually having to adjust to this instead of having to learn on the fly, you know, the ins and outs of being a head coach on top of having to learn how to recruit, how to really just deal with student athletes altogether in this modern era of college sports. That's the thing that I think is, is really just is making this, these struggles so much worse. Well, I think I think what really what it, what what all the when you look at nickel and you look at Styles, their decisions to transfer, I think it, it it goes to show you that maybe you maybe you know there's reasons and and Hubert Davis has questioned this about the the care factor because it, it doesn't appear that they're willing to stay through the hard times and be rewarded for it on the good side as they develop. That's why I thought he was going to stay was because he said, look, I have stayed when most kids would have already left. And when you look at what's, what's opening up with leaky gone and then nickel gone, like he would probably had to start next year just by default. And so to, to give that up, you know, I, I think it's fair to call into question the lack of the player development right now that that we're seeing uh, from the coaching staff. And, and, you know, like last year, it made a lot of sense why that didn't happen just simply because, you know, they were, they were basically on the NCAA tournament bubble from January on. Like they never had a chance to really develop guys because they were – they were just so inconsistent that they had to fight, uh, scratch, and claw their way to make the tournament. You would have thought, though, over the summer, some everyone would have gotten a little bit better, and that just didn't happen. There's not a player that you can look at and say from last year to this year, they were definitively better. And then in the non-conference portion, once again, because you couldn't blow out mid-major opponents, you never gave – you never gave your yourself a chance to to put these guys on the court, but also Hubert Davis has to come to the realization that if you don't play your bench, we're not going to get better. Like as much as you get better in practice, you also get just as much better in the games because you can't simulate you can't simulate game action in practice. You can't do it. It's never it's never been done, and it never it never will be done. It is an impossible feat. You can go over situations and you can go over a lot of stuff in practice to have your guys prepared, but you can't simulate it. And so at some point, you know, and, and I go back to, I listen to uh, Hubert Davis's radio show every week, every Monday when he talks with Jones Angel, I, I listen to it. You know, a question got brought up when the, when the bench was being brought into question, you know, did coach Smith have, have a set rotation going into every game. And he said, yes, based on the matchup. So even if you want to run your rotation matchup base, okay, that's cool. But you're the guy that you played for 
did that, and then had a rotation outline. And Hubert said, I don't do that. Well, why not? Like, and first off, maybe don't admit that because that comes across as coaching malpractice. Like if you want to run, you want to run your rotation like an NBA rotation, that's fine. That's there's, you know, if you have, but you have, you, you, even NBA coaches, it is, I mean, they get, they know when they get to certain junctures in the game, who's going to be on the court and who's not. And it, it just never felt like he was willing to do that where it's like, and look, if you, if, if you try and you don't like it and you want to try going off a of subbing with the feel and stuff like that, that's a different conversation, but to just completely, you know, ignore a method that your coach used when you, you came off the bench as, uh, when you got to Carolina you didn't start right away. To me, I think that's something where he's got to look, he's got to look these himself in the eye and say, it's not all, it's not all them. That I, I I failed them as much as as they as as much as they may have failed us. Because it it's just really hard for me to believe as much as I saw Dontre Styles on the court, he couldn't have helped this team in a much larger role. He just couldn't. And look, if he didn't practice great, I don't I don't think that matters. I'd rather you play great than practice great because ultimately that's what matters. How you play on the court in competition, that, that matters more than what you do when you're playing with reserves. And also, when you're looking at how they practice, well, if he's practicing with the reserves, your, your expectations for him have to adjust because he's a reserve player also playing with reserves. So he may be doing some things really, really well that aren't getting noticed because he's playing with freshmen or guys that are coming off of injuries and stuff like that. So I think what this really just calls into question when you look at how many guys are leaving over their roles is that maybe maybe our ways of going about things need to be overhauled. Because there's just too much, there's too much inconsistency going on here. That 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 really just doesn't add up, because we we saw Tyler Nickel, even Tyler Nickel at times I thought impacted the games in other ways than scoring the ball, because he competed, he played with energy and stuff like that. Styles was another rebounder and another defender, but then and it felt like in games where they we needed them on the court, they were nowhere they were nowhere to be found, and, and so this is where something that you know probably gets overlooked if Carolina has the type of season that they have. And, you know, if these guys leave, it's, well, they were leaving for much larger roles that they weren't getting on a team with, with that was competing for a national championship. Now this team's not, you know, didn't even come close to doing that. And they, and nothing changed. And so I could see from the player perspective why there's frustration because you would have thought at so many different times this year, they would have been given a chance to 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 be on the court and it just simply never happened and 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 so it's it's just it's it's scary man because we knew after monday and that they that McCoy and Nickel weren't the only ones well now we've got Dontrez Styles and i still think it's fair to say we're not we're not close to being done i think it's okay to say that we can expect two more guys to leave and 
if that happens, who, who, then then who are those two guys? Because I mean, I I I thought, I mean, I think it's I think it's probably Caleb Love, and I think that might be it. Like, I don't think you can rule out Puff Puff leaving. I don't think you can rule out the possibility. I, I got to tell you, if Puff leaves. I mean, I don't know who if, – if he leaves, then these guys need to reevaluate who's in their corner because you would be leaving pretty much a guaranteed starting role. Like, unless you are just completely miserable where you are at, that does not make any sense because anywhere else that you go, unless you are transferring down to a mid-major, you are not going to start. Not based off of what you've shown so far in your career. Like, I don't know. Puff Johnson to me has not shown me yet that he can be a full-time starter. So I, I mean, I, I don't I don't really get it. Like I like Dontre Styles, he ain't going to a program and starting right away. Not not unless it's a mid-major program. Like, I don't know. There's there's these are not dudes that are burning it up. That's why I don't understand. Like, I, I get it. It's it's a tough loss, but it is far from the end of the world. Now, you're right. I think that there is a lot of self-evaluation that Hubert has to do when it comes to how he utilizes his rotations. Um, whether these were guys that – and see, this is the thing. You said that it's, it's about how they look in practice. I don't – I think it's more – are they actually working hard in practice? Because if you got if you have guys that are just going through the motions in practice, then they don't deserve to play in games. I'm sorry. Like, I don't care how good you play in games. If you are just not going to practice, if you are just going to half-ass it in practice, then why would I put you on the floor over somebody that is going to practice a lot harder than you? I mean, I'm 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 sorry. I'm not rewarding somebody that just doesn't want to do what they have to do to get on the field because here's the or on the court because ultimately here's the thing. While you are trying to win games at the college level, it's extremely important. You need it at any level of sports to win. One of the things that you take on as a college coach as well is especially with guys that want to get to the next level is making sure that they are prepared for that next level. Because guess what? You are not going to be able to half-ass things in the NBA and make it. It's just not going to happen. You won't even be able to do that in overseas leagues. If you don't practice hard, they won't keep you because they can go and get any somebody else that is going to practice hard that has a similar skill set. And, it, I mean, it, it'll be easy to replace you. We see these dudes all the time, especially you know at the college level, there are plenty of dudes for the professional leagues to pick from. So I don't know. I'm not rewarding guys with minutes just because of, you know, what their high school rank was or whatever, which is where a lot of these guys' mindsets seem to be at in the modern day. That's just from the outside. I don't know. Again, I don't know who practices hard, who doesn't. I don't, I mean, it, it's, this could all be on Hubert. We have no idea. We don't have anybody that's saying that from inside the program. And to be honest with you, you probably won't. It would be something that would come out after the fact 
if he was to get fired. But when it comes to Hubert, yes, you need to seriously look at how you handle these rotations. You, I mean, look, I get it. You, you, you don't want, you want to kind of be your own guy and everything like that. But we've heard from Matt Doherty when talking to him on this podcast years, a few years back now, that one of the things that, that hurt him a lot was the stubbornness of trying to be his own coach of doing things a different way to show that he could make things work. And I think, look, if something like that, if, if, if stuff has worked in the past, especially at a program like Carolina, then it might not be the worst thing in the world to follow some of those things that have gotten this program to where it is at. And I think that's one thing that, that he's got to, you know, he's got to admit to himself that, hey, I haven't handled the rotations right, and I have to figure out a better way to do it. The thing that sucks for him is that I thought for the most part before the middle part of last year when you had Dawson Garcia when you had Anthony Harris and you can debate whether you know Brady Manick should have been in the starting lineup earlier whatever when you had those seven guys there including the other starters he, he managed the rotation pretty well. Those guys played consistent. He had other guys that would sub in there. We felt pretty confident about that group. But then you lose Darson Garcia to injury. Eventually he has the family issue and there's the transfer portal. And Anthony Harris has the academic issues. And really since that point, that's kind of where everything has sort of gone to hell with the rotations. There's never been any sort of stability. and. You know, to, to be fair to Hubert, I think the injury issues primarily to Puff Johnson have really, really hurt, you know, him getting a consistent rotation. Because, I mean, Puff, I think if Puff was fully healthy, he would be a guy that would have been there. I think if Jalen Washington had been, you know, fully healthy from the beginning, he probably, first of all, his body is probably built a little bit different to be able to handle himself better on the defensive end of the floor, and he probably plays a bigger role this year. So it's just that there are a lot of different situations that he's had to deal with here. It's it's chaotic, and but, yeah, I mean, he's got to do some self-evaluation himself. He's got to do the evaluation of this roster, and we don't know if he, you know, felt that Dontrez Styles is a guy that Carolina needs to to move on from. That they would be best if they they for a mutual parting of ways. But you know he also needs to look at this coaching staff and and ask himself: Do you really think that this is the group that is going to be able to take this team uh, where they you know back to where we want to go? Because if not, then you have to make some changes. As tough as it is, you are going to have to switch some things around. And if that means that you bring in an outsider or somebody that you don't consider, like somebody that has been, you know, a part of Carolina in some way, um, you know, but maybe isn't a former player or something like that, then that's what you end up having to do. It's, it's just there's a lot of self-reflecting for Hubert, and there should be a lot of self-reflecting for a lot of the players on this roster as well. Yeah, and, I mean, that's that's what happens when you have the type of year – that we just had um, with with the with the expectations that are that are already on them, and 
you know, I not that I'm not that I'm here to complain about college kids or criticize college kids. But you understand when you commit to Carolina, you're you're a part of whole of, of upholding the reputation of the greatest program in the sport and a premier program in all of college athletics. Like when you when you come to Carolina, you are you are the face of the university. Whether that's right or wrong, that, that's not for me to decide. But hey, when you when you're a Carolina basketball player, you are you know you are the standard. You you and what is what is expected of you is to uphold the standard. And I, I don't think right now, I think this is why you're seeing as much as it is the players leaving. Huber Davis is doing this as well. I think why the purge is happening is is we need we need Carolina guys and. I thought I thought Dontrez Styles was a Carolina guy, and the way that he talked about staying through the hard times even kind of reinforced that belief for me. This was a guy that you know was going to reap the rewards and was going to pan out and be a really big time player for us. We we need guys in here that are going to work their butts off uh, relentlessly to be the best individual player they can they can be while blending into being the best collective team and program that we can be because when those things happen Carolina wins and they win at a high level and when 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 the 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 program itself is achieving its goals then these players individually are achieving their goals and it works out for for all parties involved and so you know look it's just a very uneasy time um, and it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too afraid to say that I'm scared about the direction that we're going because right now we're going down a path that we don't know. We may not be able to bounce back next year. Um, but hopefully through the transfer portal and through some other stuff, Huber Davis and his staff can turn, can turn things around and we can be back enjoying the first weekend of the tournament, watching our team play as opposed to recording podcasts about multiple players leaving the program so with that guys we're going to take a quick break we're going to get you the latest offer we have from DraftKings. Then and we come back more thoughts more takeaways uh before we shut down this edition of the four corners podcast ready for the underdogs the upsets and the unbelievable action from DraftKings sportsbook the biggest tournament in college basketball is officially here Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and round two of the tournament. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So whether you want to bet on the upsets, the 215s, the 314s, the the 512s, or you just want to go all chalk, you can do all that with the no-sweat bet feature at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly with that promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all the great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for the Heel Tough blog. 
podcast. Before we let you go, we did want to mention that uh, Armando Baycott did earn All-America honors. He was named to the third-team USBWA All-American team after he averaged a double-double for the season. He had 19 double-doubles on the year. And, of course, during the season, he did become Carolina's all-time leader in rebounds and double-digit rebounding games. So um, even though Armando Baycott individually didn't have the season that he wanted to have, he still earned All-American honors, and we want to congratulate him for uh, doing just that. Uh, we do or, – or one quick note before we do get out of here – uh, we're not going to do a whole edition on this, but Carolina did just miss out on Trenton Flowers, a guy that was initially in that 2024 class. He committed to Louisville, and like was expected upon no matter where he did commit, he will reclassify, and he will be a part of that Louisville program in 2023. And with that, we do encourage you guys to visit the website. There will be an article about Carolina missing out on him, um, and how that impacts the rest of the 24 recruiting class and, and what Carolina could still do maybe in 23 before all before uh, everything does become final. Uh, of course, we have you covered with the Dontrez Styles news as he is officially in the portal as well. And any news that could come out this weekend from the program, we will have you covered as well as when the football program returns uh, from spring break back to – uh, back to spring practice, all that basketball and football coverage. You can find it at heeltoughblog.com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast. Where we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But more importantly, guys, we want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the basketball offseason. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!